Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. There was a story that came out this week that I'm going to admit upset me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not in the demographic that they're talking about, and I think I'm somewhere in the meaty middle here, but there were some numbers thrown around in this article that really sort of made me go, uh-oh. Um, it was an article about Canada's re- retirement readiness, and specifically for people who are nearing retirement age, okay? Talking about that baby boomer generation, and, and sort of on the younger end of the baby boomer generation, 55 to 64, people that are almost at retirement age and running out of time to do a whole lot to change it. Not completely out of time. There are things that can be done, but you know what I mean? They say time is your biggest ally, right? So anyway, this story says that, you know, as we've talked about this week, fully one quarter of the Canadian population is part of the baby boomer generation. It's the biggest single generational demographic in the country. Already a bunch of them have retired, okay? that's We know that already. A whole lot more are getting close to retirement age. And some research from Deloitte, I'm going to tell you, it's pretty bleak when it comes to retirement readiness. That group of Canadians that's getting close, 55 to 64, a lot of them are woefully unprepared. So let's find out where we're at and where we need to go. We're going to speak with Juan Kim, who is a partner with Deloitte Canada. Juan, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me in, covering this important topic today. Yeah, it is important. It's a little frightening. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe you can, you can reassure me a bit here. I'm 52, so I'm close to this demographic, but not quite. Um, let's start with the good news, because there is some good news. It, it's small, but it's there. Um, there is a small percent of, uh, percentage of people in that age group, 55 to 64, that are in position to expect a comfortable retirement, right? So first of all, let's define that. What's a comfortable retirement? What does that look like? Yeah, so we define retirement or comfortable life uh, retirement as two things. One is the ability to afford, uh, you know, modest to comfortable set of lifestyles that these near retirees actually expect to live as they get into retirement. And the second thing is being able to absorb unexpected costs in retirement, including things like sharply uh, sharply rising costs of care which is impacting many Canadians already. So we really look at those two things as affording the right, right lifestyle and being able to uh, uh, you know, prepare for unexpected things are, are two bars we're setting in terms of what needs to be true for Canadians to be ready for retirement. Gotcha. Okay. And how many fall into that category? It's about 15%, right? Yeah, so I would say there's actually good news is on twofold. So there is good news on the top end. So about 14% of Canadian near retirees, uh, based on our study, are going to be financially secure. Uh, also, I think a good news is actually on the other end of the spectrum. When we look at the bottom 31%, even though they haven't saved a lot individually and will need to primarily rely on public income sources like CPP or, or, or OAS, Yep. Those programs have evolved a lot over the past couple of decades, and they actually will do a pretty good job in for that segment, replacing their pre-retirement income. Okay. So if you think about from a life, lifestyle sustainment perspective, 
they will be pretty covered. I think a real gap that we're finding is actually in the middle 55%. So to put it differently, our biggest worry is this is actually not a low-income issue. This is a middle-class Canadian problem hmm. that we're going to be facing going forward. Interesting. Okay, so that 55%, they've got some savings, not enough to sort of just sail into retirement and keep doing everything they were doing before they retired. They're going to have to make some changes, right? That's right. Uh, they will need to make some uh, substantial changes to how they think about uh, retirement lifestyle. Uh, a, a vast majority, though, of that, uh, of them will need to actually cut back to bare minimum spending at some point in their retirement, right? And that bare minimum spending is not, a, not an easy thing to imagine, right? Especially for these people who worked really hard for the past four decades. Uh, who deserve to actually have a more joyful retirement life. And so we need to really start thinking about how do we create the conditions to make sure that they can actually uh, get to those outcomes uh, as much as possible. Okay, so how do we do that? When we talk about, first of all, significant lifestyle changes, let's define that. What I mean, I imagine travel, maybe you downsize your home. What, what kind of things are you talking about? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we definitely uh, have mapped out different kind of cost buckets and it does come down to, you know, how much you're able to like dine out, how much you're able to get, you know, spend into your entertainment, how much you can afford to travel. Uh, and, and just to be clear, the bar we're setting for a modest lifestyle that the minimum bar is not like being able to go on cruises, right? Okay. Like this is, you know, being able to do a local travel once a year, so on and so forth. Yep. So um, I think getting a realistic picture is really important, right? If you're in this age bucket, uh, start really mapping out where you're spending money today and what are the areas you can really cut back on as you get into retirement? What are the areas that you may actually need to increase uh, in terms of your spending in retirement? And having that real honest view into what is your bare minimum looks like is helpful because without that, there is a risk that you're actually depleting your retirement savings in earlier years and leaving you really vulnerable for your later years in retirement. Okay. I, I saw it, there was a report that was, uh, I think it was Bank of Montreal that came out and, and they put a figure on it. And, and I, I don't know how you can do this. And I think, you know, you touched on it earlier. It's really tough. I think they said a household needs $1.7 million to retire in that comfortable range. I mean, those kind of things, like I say, that's the part that made me go, uh-oh. Uh, I'm in, And I think a lot of Canadians probably looked at it and said, wow, is that a, a good way of going about it, Juan? Or is that sort of... Um, too broad. I mean, I imagine retiring in Toronto is entirely different than retiring in Regina. The costs are completely, they're night and day. So, I mean, can you just put a dollar figure on it like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then to your point, it, it depends on whether you own a home, your primary residence, you have a debt outlay, and all those things matter. So in our view, uh, you know, while those, I think, are figures driven or even the income replacement uh, ways of thinking about retirement is helpful uh, in earlier years to set your retirement goals. As you start getting into near retire- retirement age, it's also important to start looking at the bottom up as well, right? Really looking at the individual budget line items that you will need. And, and to be fair, for most Canadians, there isn't an easy way to do that today, right? And it does take a lot of time and effort individually. So one of the things we're really calling out in our paper is this is as much as a, a, a little bit of a reminder to Canadians. This is also a big call to action for the financial services sector uh, to really, you know, step, step up and, and lean into the spirit of innovation, come up with solutions that are actually accessible to a large number of Canadian near retirees so that they can get more accessible advice, they can get more accessible products. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, do you need to actually liquidate your home? Like, there are products out there that allow you to access equity in your home, but unfortunately those products are not fully mainstream yet. So there's a lot more to be done there. 
you know, how do you help with generating cash flow in retirement? There are many things. I think the financial services sector actually have to step up and help our Canadians. Is it too late? I guess when you, if you're in that bracket of 55 to 64 and you're starting to worry about whether or not you're ready to retire and what that's going to look like, I mean, are there things you can do that late in the game, Juan, that maybe will pull you out of the fire a little bit? Yeah, I mean, every every year counts, right? So, yeah. uh, again, being able to get an honest view into how much you'll need, I think, is helpful. And based on that, getting as aggressive as you can be in your savings for the remaining years of earning is, is also really important. Uh, two other things we also want to call out there uh, would be uh, getting right coverage. So thinking about long-term care costs, which which will cost a lot of money, right? Uh, typically range about twenty-two to 32000 going up every year. Uh, being able to actually get the right protection coverage is a lot more accessible and, and affordable uh, before you enter retirement. So looking into that is really helpful. Uh, and finally, I think we also have to start thinking about what does second career look like? Because a lot more retirees yeah. are going to be living healthier. They're going to have more energy. So thinking about your interest area, skill set is also going to be key because unfortunately, uh, for some, it may actually mean that you may need to do a little work, work a little bit more uh, in early years of retirement. Yeah, and 55 to 64, I mean, that would be um, early retirement, right? I mean, I think most people, 65 is sort of the quote-unquote retirement age, but I think even that's been moved in a lot of instances to 67. I don't think people view 65 the way they did even 20 years ago, right? Uh, absolutely, and and we still know that, you know, people in that cohort, they'll have a lot of wisdom, experience, right, energy from productivity. So how do we actually harness that is actually going to be a pretty important factor here as well. Okay. Excellent, excellent information. Juan, thank you so much for being here today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me.